You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could be trouble. It's at the wall. And it's a gunner! He scores! Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to the show. It's 11.06. Joining us on the line from Green Bay, Wisconsin, where I once was driving to Lambeau Field and I heard KMOX coming in loud and clear like I was at Highway 40 in Spady, is Joe Buck, the voice of Fox Sports on this 540 kickoff between the Seahawks and the Packers and a proud KMOX alum. How are you, Joe? I'm actually at Highway 40 in Spady, so I've got to get to Green Bay. Will you, uh, <laughs> you need. You pardon me. I'm going to set the phone down and just hit the hit the gas pedal. You need to get into a jet immediately and get up there. <laughs> How? What's the weather like uh, up there? It's not bad. I, you know, they were they were forecasting kind of uh, a typical January Green Bay day for most of the week. The temperatures, the high keeps. Whoa, we got a we got a little uh little interference on your line there, Joe. Let's try let's see if we can hear that again. Bring it back up, James. Let's see what can you hear? Yeah. yeah, we got like a it's weird. It's kinda like a, a tone kinda came over the phone there for a second. Let, I'll tell you what, why don't we uh call Joe back and just reconnect there? That was really that was really interesting. I don't know that I've ever heard that before over over a cell phone. That's that. It must be one of those fancy uh, Fox phones that he's got going on there. Uh, but we'll get right back with Joe. They have uh, Lambeau Field is going to be electric tonight. I would say of all the NFL stadiums that I was able to visit when I traveled with the Rams, Lambeau Field is number one, numero uno. I don't think there's any doubt. Joe, let's try this connection and see. Yeah, it sounds better. It was weird. It was like a. Uh, it's like a tone came over your phone, uh, drowning you out. I don't know that I've heard that before. I think it was the uh, ghost of Mr. Highland uh, <laughs> dipping into our connection because we're talking about a game that's going to be on TV. I was just about to say, don't ever talk about television. This is radio. Oh, my God. I got called into the carpet many times, I'm sure. Uh, well, you guys have changed locations, but uh, out of the studio, that, that red phone lit up, and I had to go in and uh, apologize because I was talking about where the Cardinals game was on TV that week. <laughs> we still have the white phone in the Camo X sports office, and we still have a reel-to-reel machine that we actually don't use, but we have people, new people will come into the station and be like, what is that over there? Yeah, that's like uh, looking at a telegraph machine. That's something that uh, that we used to work with. But I, I, what I was saying was it's a, it's a typical Green Bay day. It's not going to be... Uh, it's not going to be heavy with precipitation. They were they were thinking there was going to be a ton of snow on the ground. The storm kind of went east of here. So it's going to be cold, I mean, around 20. Uh, but everybody's kind of used to that up here. And then the Seahawks played in that crazy negative degree day uh, against Minnesota a few years ago. So they, they keep telling us that they're not worried about uh, about any kind of temperature issue. So I, as long as the field's good and the footing's good, I mean, it'll be uncomfortable for the participants, but uh, it's it's not going to be crazy weather-wise. I love this quarterback matchup. Russell Wilson for the Seahawks. He's just a winner. He gets things done. And on the other side, Aaron Rodgers has an opportunity here. This is one of the better teams he's been on, a real chance to win a Super Bowl. It starts today against the Seahawks. But love the matchup, don't you, Joe? 
Yeah, it's a great. I mean, yeah, they've got kind of a, a nice little rivalry going uh, that's that's built up over the years, and it started at least Green Bay side with Favre before Aaron Rodgers. This is the fourth time they've met in the postseason. Uh, the home team has won the first three games of the postseason matchups. I mean, it's it's really hard, as you know, to play in Seattle as a road team and. It's just as hard for other reasons to play as the road team, especially this time of year at Lambeau Field. Uh, but I, I do. I, li- I like Aaron Rodgers against Russell Wilson. I like these two teams going against one another. Seattle's a little bit more banged up, especially on their offensive line. And then Green Bay, they've been healthy all year, and they're 13-3, and three, and they're the number two seed, but they're kind of overlooked. And I think it's because the numbers aren't that typical Aaron Rodgers type season uh, and we'll just find out you know how they come out of the gate they've had rest they've got a great running back and Aaron Jones and I think they're going to ride him as much as they're going to ride uh, Aaron Rodgers to try to win this game on a cold day at home yeah this is a, a good football team uh, in Green Bay for sure and Seattle at Green Bay today at 5:40 on Fox. Winner of that game goes to San Francisco to play the 49ers in Santa Clara, Joe, and the 49ers beat the Vikings 27 to 10. How about the job they've done out there? That team was dominant defensively yesterday. Yeah, and I think all of us at Fox take some pride even though uh, you know, obviously we we all think of John Lynch as a hell of a safety uh and and probably will be in the Hall of Fame someday. Uh but he was with us and and it was covering postseason games and covering games in NFL that he got to know Kyle Shanahan uh, when the Falcons went to the Super Bowl three years ago. And that's really what started their relationship. And when Shanahan got hired, they kind of went in as a package deal. And you think about all the talent that they've added, think about all the injuries they've gone through in 2019, now 20. And they're, they've come out the other side. Now all of a sudden they're really healthy. They got that extra week of rest. They're good. You know, I, I don't know that people give Garoppolo enough credit, uh, but they've got a, a three-headed monster running back. They've got a great tight end. They've got a really good defense. they got Quan uh, Alexander back there. They are – I think they're the number one seed for a reason. I think they're the most dangerous team in the NFC, and I think either one of these two teams going to San Francisco – is going to have a really tough time uh, getting to the Super Bowl uh, going through the 49ers. And then today, 205, you have the Chiefs hosting the Texans, and the winner of that will be taking on, can you believe it, the Tennessee Titans. They win it again. They beat the Ravens 28-12. to If they make it, it would be the first Super Bowl for them since they lost to the St. Louis Rams 20 years ago. Hard to believe that that was 20 years ago, first of all. But secondly, the Titans and what they've done. What a story, Mike Vrabel and his crew. Yeah, I, obviously he learned from one of the best with Belichick in New England. He was a really great player. And uh, I, I think he's kind of a no-nonsense coach. I, I don't know that he would be considered in the category of a player's coach. I think he's tough. I don't think he puts up with a lot of stuff. Henry's been unbelievable. They rode him again last night, and Ryan Tannehill – how ironic would it be for him to go back or to go to a Super Bowl, but go back to Miami, which is where, you know, he was a first round draft pick and, and things didn't obviously work out well there. And he signed on to back up Mariota. And ever since he took over, that team has been almost impossible to beat. So they're a great story. I, I think, you know, whoever wins this game uh, today is is going to be the favorite still. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I certainly believe that with Kansas City. I, 
Kansas City's defense finally kicked it into gear there down the stretch in the month of December. And if they combine a better defense, really a just an average defense with what they can do offensively with Hill and Kelsey and obviously the great young Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, uh, that that's a that's a really good team with a head coach who's been to a Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, I, I would put them as the, the clear favorite in the AFC, uh, even at this point with a game to go later today. Just a few minutes left with Joe Buck, kind enough to join us from Green Bay before the Packers take on the Seahawks in this divisional round. You'll have the NFC Championship next week in San Francisco, winner of this game against the 49ers. And then you will get the Super Bowl on Sunday, February 2nd in Miami. Joe, what does it mean to you to put on the headset and call the most popular football game in the world and uh, one of the biggest sporting events in the world? It's, it's a thrill. It's intimidating a bit. Uh, it's fun. It's nerve-wracking, and I'm glad it's every three years and not every year. Uh, it's, you know, you get that hype in the two weeks of, of build-up, and you get a million storylines, and uh, everybody's got an opinion, and then, you know, eventually they kick off, and that's kind of my, my experience with it. Eventually, they, they do put the ball in the air, and there's one team trying to go one way and another team trying to go the other, and you just sit back and call it and do what you've done all year. But you can let it get in your head a little bit, and you try to avoid that. And, you know, it's you're going to have over 100 million people watching, and, and it's, uh, you know, I've been in plenty of Super Bowl parties. I think it's a stretch to say people are actually keyed in to everything the announcers are saying. Maybe the game's on mute, uh, but uh, it, it's fun, and I'll make it a family affair. My wife will be there. My daughters will be there. And, and so we try to enjoy it. And, uh, you know, being in Miami and South Beach in good weather, that's, that's kind of an added bonus. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, meanwhile, we're having a good old time back here in St. Louis. I mean, I, I think it's enjoyable to watch the NFL again. Uh, you just kick back and watch games and, and see what unfolds. But I think you sit on a Stanley Cup championship and an NL Central title. You have to feel pretty good about yourself if you're a St. Louisan, don't you? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I my wife, uh, we walked in from dinner last night, and the football game was on, the Titans game was on, and I was over in the corner doing work, and on my iPad was the Blues game. And she's like, I will be damned if we're watching that Blues game right now or watching the football game. I was like, well, you are. I'm, I was watching the Blues take down the Rangers and – uh you know, I just don't know that there's a head coach in any sport doing a better job than Barubi is doing with the Blues. I really don't. I, I think he is head and shoulders above his peers in that league right now, and I think he's getting the most out of what he has night in and night out. They buy in. They play hard. And I don't know that the, that there's a more uh, serious uh evaluation of a head coach than how do the guys play for him in any sport. And I think these guys just lay it on the line for him every night. I think he keeps them guessing in a good way a little bit. The lineup changes, and you have to earn your way in. And, and it shows because every night they, they just come to play, and they're a joy to watch. Just a quick thought on the Cardinals. Uh, so far this offseason, any expectations here moving forward? Do you think they need another piece? Oh, God, yeah. But I, I like the trade a lot, um, getting Libertor uh, from from Tampa Bay. I think they – you know, my two-bit analysis is they have a lot of the same pieces, uh, a, a lot of clutter and not a lot of 
uh, clarity with who fits where and a lot of moving parts. And I, and I think that, that getting, you know, you don't want to say you get rid of guys. And obviously Martinez was a hell of a hitter, but I think feels like more of an American League player. Uh, you, you get rid of some of those uh, unknowns and you start focusing in on, on what the lineup is, what the bench looks like. I just think that's the way to go. So you, you turn two guys into a top young left-handed pitching prospect. Uh, I, I love that trade. But, yeah, they need a piece. I don't know if it's Ozuna. I don't know that I'd go crazy for him. Uh, but they need somebody, somebody else in that lineup as a presence uh, to, to really set up what happens before and after in their in their batting order. So. I don't know what it is. I mean, if it is Arenado and, and they somehow come up with a deal to get him from Colorado, I, I think he's top three, four players in the league. He's a genius at third base. He's a tremendous hitter. And above all that, he is a great guy. He's one of the best guys I've met in the game in 20 years. And and I think St. Louis would just eat him up. So, you know, it's it's easy for us to spend their money, uh, but they've got money, and if they can make the players fit, there's no way that you can say, well, we can't afford Nolan Arenado. I that that doesn't wash with me. So they got to figure out a way, if that's possible, who knows, to get that done. Short of that, yeah, they have to bring back Ozuna, or they have to get some piece because right now they, I still don't think they have enough in their lineup to win it all, and I think that's the goal, not just winning the division. Pretty fun to think about. John Mosellock's coming up at eleven thirty. By the way, that's a, that's a tease. Um, yeah, well, good. Let's pin pin him to the wall. I want to hear. Is let's Arenado get a possibility. I want to see him in St. Louis. And I and by the way, as much as St. Louis and their fans would eat up Arenado, Arenado would eat up St. Louis. He would love the the feel that we have in the city about that team. I I, I just man it, that that makes way too much sense. Uh, I you know they just have to get it done or you know let's just pull the pin on it now and stop everybody from you know ridiculous talk. Make him say yes, he's a possibility <laughs> or no, and move on in your lives and and go somewhere else. He will uh, he will try to avoid talking about a single player, but we're going to give it a shot. Joe, I, I pulled a, a Joe Buck. I'm not going to say I pulled a Joe Buck yesterday because I did it as a fan but I think you'd be proud of this effort. So I went to the IU-Ohio State game yesterday in Bloomington. I saw your colleague uh, Gus Johnson, chatted with him for a minute. Then I got in the car, drove to St. Louis, and made it for Blues Rangers last night. That's not a bad little doubleheader right there. No, that's good. That's great. That's... uh... That's kind of a perfect day. Uh, a, by the way, I don't even know. Did IU win? Or they was? did. Yep. Hoosiers won, yeah. 66-54. Oh, good. Yeah, good win. Yeah. Oh, and the Blues, so you got a doubleheader win, too, on top of it. No. You were rewarded for your effort. Oh, a big smile on my face last night, that's for sure. Joe, I appreciate this very much. Great to have you on KMOX, as always. Have a great call today at Lambeau. Okay, Tommy. See ya. All right. See you later. Joe Buck with us from Fox. We'll come back. Let's take a look at this national championship game between Clemson and LSU. Brett Norrisworthy, my friend from 560 in Memphis, is with us next on KMOX. Welcome back to the Munkadass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munkadass pre-owned on South Limburgh on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. It's 1124. Brad Norsworthy does the pregame and postgame for Ole Miss. That's as SEC as it gets, man. The Rebels. And joining us on the line is Brett Norsworthy, who's based in Memphis at 560 a.m. He's on every afternoon, and he joins us now on KMOX, another one of his favorite radio stations. How are you, Brett? 
I'm doing well, Tom Ackerman. I thought I thought I was going to be on KMOX at exactly 11:20. That would have been the synchronicity of the year. Well, I was very close. I know it would have been awesome, but I was signing off with Joe Buck at that time. We Understood. Had, yeah, we had a little little extra time with Joe, and he was uh, he was terrific. He it was just a lot of fun to catch up with him. He has the call today of the Packers and Seahawks. How about tomorrow, Clemson and LSU? What do you have at 7 p.m. on a Monday at the Superdome? It looks like this could be a classic matchup between two powers, Brett. I think it will be in the time off, I think, served Clemson better than it probably did LSU. LSU was, um, I think they were mostly in a baseball mode. They didn't want any time off with, with maybe losing some of that timing on offense, but Clemson did need the time off from the very physical game they had with Ohio State. Ohio State really had Clemson on the road on the ropes for a lot of that game, and I thought was going to win that game. And I thought most of the college football season, Ohio State was the best team in college football, but Clemson was able to win it narrowly and pull the game out and set up this big one against LSU down in New Orleans, where it will be a decided home field advantage for LSU. StubHub guesstimated last week that about 70% of the crowd would be LSU partisans and outside the building and around town. You know, it's, it's just like being in, in Baton Rouge for LSU fans. But this is the battle for the proper, who has the proper designation for Death Valley. Clemson claims Death Valley. LSU claims Death Valley. They only had one mutual opponent all year. And both, both times in both those games, Texas A&M went to Death Valley in Clemson and played Clemson a pretty close game, 24 to 10. And then they went to Death Valley, Baton Rouge, and got blasted Thanksgiving weekend, 50 to 7. But that was one of only two real stumbles all year for Clemson. I don't know how they got identified as maybe not being as good as last year, or as good as they've been out of the A&M game and out of the narrow win at North Carolina, but they did. And then they got it clicking. I think it's the ACC's image, which I don't know is, is entirely proper. Because, Tom, I didn't think this year – it was a good year in the SEC, but I didn't think this year was vintage SEC. You know, I'm with you on that. I, I think that Clemson kind of likes it that way, I get the sense. Like, they've been talking about this all year. I think Dabo Sweeney uses this as a little extra fuel for his players, don't you? He, he does, Tom, and, and I love Dabo. I knew him as a, as a reserve player, special teams player, when he played for Coach Gene Stallings and was part of their 92 national – championship team and then as a young assistant coach from GA on up to wide receivers coach for Gene Stallings and he's always been motivated by this he had a you know rough and tumble upbringing and and just really had to fight and scrap for everything he's really accomplished in life and now at age 50 tomorrow night he could have his third national championship three out of four years back-to-back years and at 50 years old he's not close to being done he I mean he he's a very young 50 at that you know, if he got one or two more, well, that puts him in a conversation with two other people in, in, in his home state of Alabama. That put him in a conversation with Coach Nick Saban and Coach Bear Bryant. Joe Burrow is one of the best college quarterbacks I think I've ever seen. But then on the other side, Trevor Lawrence is one of the better ones. I mean, this is a – we just talked a little while ago about the Aaron Rodgers-Russell Wilson quarterback matchup later today. I love this quarterback matchup tomorrow night in, in uh, New Orleans. And they're the same kind of guy. They're both cold-blooded. When they get out on that field, you better look out because they're, they're, they're trying to tear your head off. And both of them uh, have kind of, kind of got their team to rally around them at a big hitch. 
Trevor Lawrence got it in that last game against Ohio State. I thought he was really seriously injured, maybe knocked out of the game. Uh, he, he dusted himself off, got back in there. Joe Burrow really did it last year in their bowl game against Central Florida. If you remember, it was the hit where the Central Florida player, after an interception, really, really laid Joe Burrow out. And he, you know, he was spitting up blood and was pretty seriously, looked pretty seriously hurt right back in there. Tough guy, Southern Ohio youngster, and, and really interesting background. His dad, Jimmy Burrow, is from Amory, Mississippi, and, and played at Ole Miss as a freshman and sophomore and then transferred to Nebraska and played for Coach Bob Devaney and then became part of the staff out there. And Joe Burrow's granddad, uh, his, his dad's dad, played basketball at Mississippi State. So really athletic family. And Joe Burrow going to be the number one pick by the Cincinnati Bengals and sell a bunch of season tickets for the Bengals, and they need it. Yes, he is. The Ohio boy is going to come back and try to help the Bengals. Uh, we love talking to you. Next time I catch up with you, I'm going to ask you what the heck's going on down at Ole Miss uh, as uh, you're tra- <laughs> they're trying to bring that program back. We'll do that next time. John Mosellock's coming up here at 1130. An absolute blast. Thanks for coming on on short notice on Sports on a Sunday Morning. Glad to do it anytime, Tom. See you Friday in Memphis. You're the best, man. Yeah, I'll be down there with Jack Flaherty. I'm going to bring uh, one of the best pitchers in the game with me. There's Brett Norsworthy calling us from Memphis. Appreciate that. John Mosellock is next on KMOX. Welcome back to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munganass St. Louis Honda on South Limburg on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. It's 11.33, and it's always great to catch up with the Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Mosellock, on KMOX, as we are just days away from all the Cardinals coming into town, the winter warm-up, the Cardinals caravan. I'm heading to Memphis with Jack Flaherty. That should be a good one, Mo. I think we made set a record for fans on that one with Flaherty coming aboard. How are you? Well, good morning, and I uh, certainly hope so. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be a good time. Are you excited to, to get everybody back and start talking ball again? You know, it's always uh, sort of that kickoff before spring training. So, you know, even though this past week had been very busy and, you know, as you try to start thinking about Jupiter, you think about the winter warm-up as that kickoff. And so, yeah, I think it's always a it's a, it's a great weekend. It's it's great for the city of St. Louis, our, our Cardinal fans, and, just knowing that baseball is right around the corner is uh, always welcoming. Winter warm-up is downtown at the Hyatt Regency, uh, Hyatt at the Arch, and it'll be on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Cardinals Caravan gets out on Friday at different locations. You go to cardinals.com for that. Baseball Writers Dinner Sunday night. We are going to have a good time. Uh, as you mentioned, you've been very busy. You made a trade with the Tampa Bay Rays, and you acquired Matthew Liberator, a terrific pitching prospect in the process. Uh, let's first talk about him, what you've brought in, and what was attractive about him. Well, as we were working this almost entire offseason, was just trying to get some clarity in our outfield. And, and so – you know, a couple things come come to mind. One is with Jose Martinez first, you know, he was someone that I felt like that could fit a role, especially with the 26 man. But I, I know on a personal level, he was looking for more opportunity. And, and so, you know, finding an American league club that, that has the need for DH was cer- certainly something on our radar. And then we also had to deal with how to think about a Rosarena, O'Neill, Lane Thomas, 
potentially Williams and and obviously Mr. Carlson um, at some point. And so all of this was starting to like, you know, felt a bit uh, noisy in terms of what we were needing to do. And, and so I, I think for us, we were just really trying to identify maybe the, the, the right team to try to find something that would, would add to our system that we really don't have, or maybe we're not that deep in. And so we were really focusing on, on young pitching. And so as all of this was coming about, all the different teams we were speaking with, um, this one was the one that we felt made the most sense. And, and when you look at, at someone like Matthew Libertor, who, you know, candidly almost will probably be our top ranked pitching prospect now in our system. So, you know, that that's a nice thing to do. So we were able to take a lot of depth and turn it into something that we didn't have. And, you know, when you look at, at a six, five left-hander who throws in the mid nineties, good breaking ball, the fact that he's 20 and and someone that we can sort of help manage his career as he starts thinking about, you know, knocking on the door at the major league level in, in a couple of years seems exciting to us. And so from an internal standpoint, we were really thrilled about this opportunity. Uh, didn't see it a month ago. And, and so for it to, to really come to fruition, we were very excited about you also brought in a catching prospect, Edgardo Rodriguez. He's young, too. He's 19. What do you like about him? So we had really good scouting reports on him. Um, Edgardo is not someone that we had a lot of, of, of performance data on because he missed a significant amount of time last year um, with an injury. But, you know, overall, our scouts from the DR, people that saw him play, briefly in the Gulf Coast, we're, we're excited about him. And when we were looking at a way to, you know, close this deal, we were really hoping to see if we could find someone that, that you know, if we're patient, might end up uh, bringing some value to the organization at some point. So um, we like his offensive profile, and I think, you know, probably in a year or two from now, we'll know if it was a good idea or not. John Mosellock is with us. A lot of rumors flying out there, and I've told you time and again when I interview you on KMOX, I'm not going to ask you about rumored deals that are out there. Everybody wants me to ask you about a specific... I haven't heard of those yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm only kidding. My phone was, like, blowing up the last uh, 48 hours, and just for, you know, transparency or candor here a little bit is, you know, a lot of things are being speculated. I, I would say... uh there's very little truth to many of these right now. Um, what I would say too is, you know, the, the, we, we're going to continue to look and see if there's ways to improve the club. If something makes sense, as I've told you many, many times, it's, it's always about, <clears throat> you always have a chance to, to try to get better. And, you know, we're still what a month away from spring training. So it's not as if we're, we're just putting uh, out to lunch on our door and, and, uh, check back in a month it's you know you're always looking at things but i think a lot of the things that are being rumored or speculated um there's probably 95 percent or 99 percent mostly untruths you told me three weeks ago on the show you said i would caution people that the off season is not over and i think some people not that you care about the reaction necessarily but you might that some people roll their eyes like yeah right you know the cardinals aren't going to do anything let's just move on then the next week, we talked about the offseason, and we talked specifically about the outfielders. People are, that's, a, oh, that's who we're going with. 
And then as soon as a rumor or a report comes out about a connection between you and a high-profile player or players, suddenly the buzz, the, the, the belief is, well, uh, I can't wait to see what they do. It's, it's almost like um, you have to manage expectations, don't you, in this time of year? Well, I, I think you would like to, to think you, you could, but you really can't. Um, so trying to, to handle what people are speculating, what people are guessing, or maybe more to the point, what people want to see happen is just, it's very difficult to, to uh, keep everyone happy and appease them. You know, frankly, we, we believe in the system we have. We believe in the process we have. Um, certainly we make mistakes. we you know, we admit that all the time, but you know, net net, we've been able to put a pretty good product out there, and you know, we, we believe in the team we have, and I've, I've stated that from day one on the off season, and you know, I do feel like we're in a better spot today than we were a week ago because now we have more clarity in in, in playing time and, and how we can use resources, and we also added a frontline starting pitching prospect to our system that. Um, we didn't have a week ago. So again, we feel like we've taken some strengths and, and turned it into more strength. And uh, hopefully we can continue to, to look at opportunities between now and uh, opening day. Another thing that you told me is that in the trade market, you had, there are a lot of things at play. What sort of resources do you have in the area of tradable assets in the area of money? If you were to bring in a high profile player who's under contract, that you have the money and the payroll flexibility to do such but also that if the player had to uh, waive a no-trade clause, like in the case of John Carlos Stanton where that didn't happen, you told me that that also is at play, and there are very few teams that can do that. Uh, the Cardinals, I would assume, are a team that has the ability to make a deal. Uh, I guess my question to you is, are you in any rush to do anything? Is this something that, if you were to make a trade, let's say, uh, is this something that you would be comfortable going into the season and letting things sort of play out. Well, there's a lot of things you'd ask there, but um, <laughs> you know, s- simply put, if if we went into camp tomorrow and this was our club, we'd be very excited about it. Um, that that doesn't necessarily mean that's the the blanket answer. Again, it's we're, we're really happy about how our club looks. Um, obviously. We will keep looking at what other opportunities may exist between uh, now and opening day. But if this is what we look like today, we're happy. Is too much made of the number four hitter in the lineup? I think, you know, last year's offense was, was certainly not, it didn't live up to what we had hoped. And, you know, there's no doubt that, that we're going to have to have players step up or maybe the way to think about it is, you know, show signs of improvement. And if that happens, then, then what we predict uh, as far as our club looking like, we'll be completely happy as far as like who hits, you know, fourth. I think, you know, a lot of that is, is overstated. I mean, you certainly need like offensive players that are contributing, you know, one through eight. If you have that, then you usually score runs. I think last year our problem was, you know, we just we had a down year offensively, and um, you know there were a couple of players that sort of met their expectations or arguably exceeded it. But I say majority of the club was not where it needed to be. Um, certainly, the things that we've been focused on this off season is trying to address that, 
having our hitters work on that and, you know, feedback that I get from, you know, player feedback and, and coach feedback is, is very positive. So, you know, that's where our, our, our hope is. And that player feedback would be some activity going on in Jupiter right now, right? How did the week go? I know you had some players that were going to be down there getting some instruction. Um, yeah, instruction league started last week, but we actually had some major league players down there as well. And, and you know, Matt Carpenter was down there working, and, and feedback was great. Um, you know, obviously, you know, if feedback was bad, I'm probably not going to talk about it because then that means I probably need to deal with it. But reality is, is you know, these guys know that they have to to do things to improve, and they're working hard to do so. Uh, anything new on Carlos Martinez? I know I ask you about him every week, but I know he's a big piece to the puzzle of what you're doing. He is. Um, speaking with Adam Olson this past week, he's he's encouraged about where he is. But I think really until you put him through sort of those those day to day rigors on, on knowing if if he can hold up to that. You know, there's going to be some uh, questions in the back of people's minds until we see it. But based on how he's training, what he's doing, where he's at with his throwing program, we are excited. John Moselock with us every Sunday at 1130, and he always makes a great effort to join us based on his schedule. Appreciate it very much. Thank you for the time. Have a great rest of your Sunday. That sounds great. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you, sir. John Moselock with us on KMOX. Good stuff there. We'll be back with a special guest from far, far away, Cardinal, former Cardinals trainer Barry Weinberg is going to tell us a few stories, and he's calling us from Israel. That's next on KMOX. Welcome back to the Munganas St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munganas pre-owned on South Limburg on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to KMOX. Thanks again to John Mosellock for joining us. Thanks to Derek Gould, to Joe Buck, to Travis Ford, to Brett Norsworthy. We've had some show, but we haven't had anyone call us from Israel. And that is what we're going to do right now with former Cardinals trainer Barry Weinberg to finish out the show. How are you, Barry? Um, terrific. I just have one question for you. How come you did an Alzheimer's dementia commercial right before... I'm on. <laughs> well, you you have yeah. you have some awesome stories, and this book, "Eating My Way Through Baseball," is a terrific title. Life's a journey. Enjoy the meal, Barry. I wish that I could sit in on some of the lunches and dinners that you've had. In fact, I can with this book. It's going to be really good. Well, thanks very much. It was it was it was fun experiencing, you know, as much as anything, and. uh you know, uh, I sit around with friends and they say, yeah, you know, we ought to write these things down, you know, and, uh, you know, they should be cherished. Some of these stories really should be savored and, and enjoyed, you know, for the future. And uh, the funny part is uh, you, you sit around and tell all these stories and then, you know, no one gets to hear them. And then some of them are really neat with, with some wonderful people. And I've been very fortunate to, to eat. Well, first of all, when you're in the major leagues for 33 years, you have to. I got to eat at some wonderful places, of course, and then with some wonderful people, even outside of baseball. You know, Tony. You know, I have a chapter on just like it's like dinner with Tony. You know, you know, you never know who's going to show up. John Grisham, uh, Bruce Hornsby, uh, you know, uh, Sandy Koufax. You know, um, it just it's uh, Bill Belichick. It goes on. You know, so I just sit there and listen and. and uh, 
it's, it's been a wonderful experience, and I hope everybody enjoys reading those stories as much as I enjoy living them. Yeah, that's got to be fascinating to be able to read that. You were with the Yankees and A's and Cardinals. You came with Tony and crew over to St. Louis back in the mid-'90s. Barry Weinberg is with us. What a run the Cardinals had and continue to have under the DeWitt era. And during that time, great players, great celebrities would come through. I, I wonder, uh, was it? how do you put a book together like that? I mean, I know that you have so many stories. How do you choose which ones? How do you... I don't know, put them out there in a book where well, I'm sure there were some private conversations that. that went yeah. on. I, yeah, and I used to go to dinner with, with some friends out in L.A. Uh, Mike Bataluco is an actor and, and Jonathan Shapiro, and all of a sudden he would, they would say, you know, you got to write these down. I said, yeah, I'm not a writer. Come on, you got to write these down. So finally, he, he says, have you written these stories down yet? I said, no, here. <laughs> Here's a number. Call this lady, Angela Shelton, in and uh, she said she's a writer. She will transcribe the stories for you. She already knows about you. And that's how that, that was the genesis of the book. I, I called her. She transcribed the stories. And next thing you know, uh, you know, uh, thanks to a couple of people along the way, we you know, got it edited. I think sometimes the editing is harder than the writing. You know? Oh, I bet. Uh, you also have a great – I'm hungry just looking at this list of restaurants. So if you click on Hungry <laughs> on your website, eatingmywaythroughbaseball.com, some fabulous restaurants. I don't want to cause any problems here in St. Louis, but I would say that Paul Mano's could be yeah. pound for pound the best restaurant in St. Louis. Then Key Grill. I know Tony loved going to Key Grill yeah. in Juneau Beach. I'm sure you had some fun there with all the people coming through spring training. Yeah, I asked the, uh, the the manager there, Rob. I said, Rob, do me a favor. Compile a list of the people myself and Tony have come in there with. He said, Barry, it's too long. I can't. <laughs> you know, I said, it's it's amazing, but you know, uh, from you know, uh, generals to uh, football coaches to basketball coaches to you know, uh, Hall of Fame announcers to you know, it's and you just sit there and 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 savor the moment. You know, I I, I always say I'm a, I'm just a little kid from Silver Spring, Maryland. You know, Easton Harold's son, and and to experience uh, listening to, to these guys who've achieved amazing things in their career, whether it's entertainment, sports, music. You know, it's a it's it's been really a, a lucky run. <laughs> uh, what a great time, especially the times that you had dinner at Tony's in St. Louis. I know that I had had someone tell me last night at the Blues game that they would love walking into Tony's and see Tony Larusa sitting at the bar, and he would love talking baseball with people. But um, you've had some well, amazing names come through. Tell, tell me about Neil yeah. Armstrong. That was a great story. Yeah, he he was invited. He was a friend of, of Tony and, and a, a friend of ours, Jim Hayes from Minnesota, and had him out to dinner. He's just delightful to be with. I mean, he's you know engaging and and answers questions. And you know, I thought, gosh, this is going to be great because I'm going to ask him questions that no one ever's asked him. You know, I asked him what, what was the weather there, what time of day did you get there, how you know. And, and so I said at the end, Mr. Armstrong, I said, did anyone ask you a question that wasn't asked? He says, no, Barry says, all those questions at the table were, were, were asked hundreds and hundreds of times. He says, the reason I didn't get a new question was that there was not an 11-year-old at the table. He said, I get every one of my new questions from a 10 or 11-year-old kid. <laughs> a, know, a couple minutes of the youth, you know, it's like. A couple minutes left with Barry Weinberg. His book is Eating My Way Through Baseball, Life's a Journey, Enjoy the Meal. He's going to be at the Cardinals' winter warm-up uh, signing yeah. and discussing his book at a booth there. What are you doing in Israel? Tell the Cardinals fans what you're doing there. Well, I've been associated with Team Israel in the WBC for the last two 
two uh, World Baseball Classics, and now uh, Israel actually qualified for the Olympics, and they brought me over to uh, to help out with the uh, the Olympic project here. So it's been it's real exciting. It's my first time ever in Israel. I, you know, I feel like I'm from Florida because it's raining out. You know, <laughs> but it's um, yeah, but it was exciting. I know. It's almost as exciting as you, you know, going to Indiana to watch another game, right? Oh man, that was a great you game went to yesterday. Ohio State game, right? I did. Oh, that place—they were out for blood yesterday. Those fans were on fire yesterday. Uh, Coach Knight did not show up at Assembly Hall no. as rumored, but I had heard in the morning that he wasn't going to be there. Um, no, I, I had lunch with him the week before. Uh, uh, I went to the Arkansas game, and uh, I had lunch with him, and I. I told Mark O'Neill, who used to be my assistant there, he's the head trainer at Arkansas, and I told him, oh, he said, you know, I could, I could disrupt your, your entire team, and I could disrupt that place real easy. He says, what do you mean? I says, I walk in with Bob Knight. <laughs> <laughs> he said, no, no, but we talked, and, he, you know, he, we, we had a nice lunch, and, and uh, he, was, he was terrific that day, and we, uh, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the time. I enjoyed working with him. I was his grad assistant trainer at Indiana, and uh, there's some real neat stories in the book about about those experiences. You know, you talk about being intimidating, scared, this man, you know, and you've met him several times, you know, but uh, underneath this, he's, he's wonderful. He really is. And being around him helped me with Tony LaRusso. That's for sure. When I came in as a 22 year old out of college, um, I immediately connected with Tony because of that, but also the experience of being around a big, powerful personality like that and learning how to cover somebody like that. Barry Weinberg is with us for a final. You know, you hit, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you hit a real good note real quick that, that you said it helped you with Tony. That's called networking. Yes. You know what I mean? In other words, you knew Tony and Tony knew, and people always ask me about networking. And I said, well, networking is very simple. Uh, it's yes. Who, you know, here can connect you with this person, but guess what? Networking is just being nice to people. And obviously, and I know you as well, you know, from, from my years there that, you're a nice person and, and people would like to know you and they, they don't afraid to say, no, you got to meet Tom. And, you know, and that's, that's a real attribute that, you know, when you're nice to people, you, you network, which if you're not, the network stops. Yeah, it's so true. I, I had two great people, many people helping me out, vouching for me, uh, Jack Buck and Mike Shannon, though. There's no doubt about it. Helped mm-hmm. me in that area when I first came in. Barry Weinberg, the book is Eating My Way Through Baseball. It's at eatingmywaythroughbaseball.com. You're going to be at the Cardinals winter warm-up. Go up to him and tell him you heard this interview on KMOX. <laughs> we, we can't wait to have you back in town. And I thank you so much for doing this. I really look forward to coming back and, and uh uh, experience the, the, you know, the great city and also, you know, the great fans, which is, you know, beyond people don't understand how great they are until you go to other cities and, and realize, you know, the best are right there in St. Louis. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Barry Weinberg with us. Have a great Thanks, rest of your time in Israel. This has been Sports on a Sunday Morning, podcasted on KMOX.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.